0: Welcome to the Sight Beyond Sight podcast, where we look beyond the surface, diving deeper into life's issues. I'm your host, Mike. And like I always do, I want to thank you for choosing to spend the next 30 minutes of your life with me. I know that you could be doing a lot of other things or listening to someone else, but you chose to tune into Sight Beyond Sight. And for that, I am grateful. Let's get this show on the road. You know today's episode is going to be a little different. You know, uh, usually I am able to put together some insights or or some things of that nature, but I've been thinking, as I always do, and this particular question that has been plaguing me all week, I haven't come up with any. Specific answers, so I'm relying on you guys, the audience, to send me emails. If you have the Anchor app downloaded, to send a direct message to me, and to helping me answer this question, giving me your perspective, giving me your insights. Once again, if you have the Anchor app, you can send me a direct message. Just hit the the button that says "Send a Message," and you can send me a message directly. If you don't, and you would rather email me, you can email me at Blindless Vision at gmail.com, B-L-I-N-D-L-E-S-S-V-I-S-I-O-N, at gmail.com. With that being said, I was driving around, and I was thinking as I was driving, I was kind of in a daze. My eyes weren't closed, guys, so don't be worried. I wasn't sleeping. (laughs) I was not doing this old sleep driving trick. You know, I've been known to do that a time or two, but that's a whole different story. Um, I was just thinking, and I was looking around at my surroundings and looking at all this stuff. I was looking at these massive buildings. I was looking at these massive houses, these massive structures, these church buildings that are just so awesome and magnificent. I was looking at these billboards that was uh, just encouraging us to go bigger. And then I hit one billboard in particular that we've all seen. And I started to think, how big is too big? How much is too much? That is the question to ponder. How big is too big and how much is too much? So this billboard that I saw. Like I said, it's something that we all see. And I was looking at it, and it was the lottery. It was the lottery. Now, I remember growing up back in the days, it was just, man, if I had a million dollars, I could do so much with that. I would never work again. I could live forever off of that. Now, a million is chump change now. A million is like a couple of thousand dollars to people now. You know, that's not enough. And I saw that the the winnings, the winning pot was $252 million. Now that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And I started thinking to myself, do I have a limit? Do I have a cap? Is this pot way too big for me to win? Is this too much for me to win? I mean, what on, what on earth am I going to do with all that money? Now, don't get me wrong. I've changed a little bit. I am so into cars. I love my cars. You know how some people want those huge uh, $20 million mansions? I don't need all that. I don't need all that. I just need a big old garage that can fit about eight or nine cars. And I'm talking back when I was growing up, I had all these dream cars. You know, one of my favorite cars was an Aston Martin V12 Vanquish. That's a $250,000 plus car. And I said, you know what, I'm a drop. I am would drop that and then some on that car. It's so beautiful. It's the most beautiful car I've ever seen. And then there's another car out there, a Konenseg CCX. One of the fastest cars ever built. Now, I fell in love with this car because of the story behind it. The guy who owns the company, he started that company from scratch. He built that car from scratch. Every bolt, every, every design, uh, everything that just goes along with that car, he, he made it and he built it to build the fastest car in the world. And so I loved it. That's up to a million dollars now for a car. You know, there's so many other cars. Of course, people that know me, they know I love my Mustangs. All right, so I have a whole fleet of Mustangs. You know, I'm still working on my 98 Raggedy Mustang, but it's mine and I love it, you know. But I've digressed a little bit. You know, there's things that I said I would spend a lot of money on. And for me to spend that money and to be comfortable, I would need mm, easily 20 million. But then I'm like, why am I even talking like that? Why am I even thinking like that? I've never even come close to winning 20 million or earning $20 million. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, 20 million should be enough. (laughs) Come on. Isn't that kind of crazy? That's kind of crazy to me. So then the burning question is, and this has to do with all facets of life, how do we set these limits? How do we know how much is too much and how big is too big? How do we know? Where does the idea of setting boundaries or setting limitations begin. I know part of the reason how I set my limits was I've gone without. You know, I've gone without. uh, For a long time, I didn't have a car. I had to walk everywhere or hitch a ride everywhere or made sure I had a little extra gas money uh, on me so I could give it to people who were giving me a, a ride to work or a ride to to wherever I needed to go. So that's part of, partially on how I set my limits. Um, I'm trying to think here, though. You know, growing up, we were taught to have limitations. We were taught to do what was right. We were taught... Uh, we were taught to live in moderation. We were taught to... hmm, let me think. Yeah, we were taught all that stuff. But then I guess it comes down to applying it. How do, how, do, how did I apply it? I think about wedding cakes. You guys ever see wedding cakes? I mean, I've seen wedding cakes on on TV that are like almost six feet tall. Six feet tall. That's a lot of cake. That's like 200 pounds of cake. I mean, are we... Are they really going to eat that? Don't they think that was a little excessive on the cake? I mean, yeah, it may look pretty, but you're going to cut into it. So did it have to be six feet? I mean, did you have to... Make 200 pounds of cake? Don't you think that's a bit much? To some people, it may not be. Some people, they might think, oh, I can do better than that. I I want bigger than that. That might not be enough. I know for me, even if I had that kind of money, 200 pounds worth of cake, I don't care how pretty it was. I mean, the prettier it is, the more I don't even want to cut into it. That's the problem with me. If I had this massive wedding cake that looked, that resembled the Eiffel Tower, you think I want to cut into that? I don't want to cut into that. I think that's a masterpiece. And then I'm thinking, on the flip side, I'm thinking, Hey man, Two hundred pounds of cake is a lot of cake. All right. Now, by the time this night is over, we better have about ten pounds left. I mean, everybody better eat up this cake for me to to feel like I got my money's worth. Because there's nothing that's gonna infuriate me more than spending that kind of money on that kind of t- on that kind of type of cake and no one eats it. Then I'm stuck looking at a cake (laughs) that I can't do anything with. I have to just look at it and and look at dollar signs that I wasted. I know one thing I do not like spending money on, and people may think I'm cheap for this. (laughs) I do not like spending money on fancy restaurants. I cannot stand it. Every time I'm just turning my nose up, not because, oh, this food isn't good enough, I'm turning my nose up because I'm thinking about, how is this fifty dollars steak different than the sixteen dollar steak I get at Texas Roadhouse? You know i don't I don't like it. I'm, and then you get the same steamed vegetables. At every restaurant, I don't care how, I don't care if it's a restaurant that's $100 a plate or you're at the local Applebee's, you get the same steamed vegetables. So what made those vegetables different than the, what made the $100 a plate vegetables different than the Applebee's vegetables? Nothing. And that's why it's hard for me to spend money in fancy restaurants. I can't do it. I can't. Every time I'm just, oh man, I don't remember. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't forget those nights. Because I'm thinking about, like, man, was that worth it? Then all I hear, oh, Mike, it's all about the memories and the conversation. And nah, man, I, I blocked out that conversation when I saw that price. When I saw the menu, I saw those prices, all conversation was off. <laughs> I was. Honed in on uh, how much everybody was spending. I had that me- menu memorized the moment I saw it. I'm listening to everybody's order and I knew right away oh man, you're getting the salmon. Well, that's $44. What, you're getting the lobster? See your hostess for price? You kidding me? So that's gonna be like 50 $60. All that is going through my head. I can't stand it. And Don't even get soda. Five dollars. I can't handle it. I'm, man, I'm serious. You you guys can make fun of me and say I'm a cheapskate all you want. I can't spend it. I would rather go to like um, a, a car show or maybe uh, maybe a theme park or something or. Maybe a nice vacation or something like that. I'll spend money on that. But just food? Fancy food? Come on. You know, I went to this one place and they had some fancy grits. You know how much they charge for grits? $20. $20. Do you know how much a a box of grits costs? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Oh, my goodness. I was... Ain't no way. Ain't no way. I I just compare way too much. And then I make my grits better than they did, so that was even worse. Anyway, how much is too much? How big is too big? You know, I think about these... These big corporations, the Microsofts, the Apples, the Sonys, the Samsungs. You know, I think about these corporations and I think, hmm. Now, I've, I've, I've done the entrepreneur thing. I've started my own business before, and I always knew in my head where I wanted it to be. You know, and for me, I'm the type of person. I never start anything to to be just okay or to be um, small time. You know, just to get by. You know, if I'm putting my hard earned work and my time into it, I'm investing all that into it. Uh, I wanna I want to do a good job, and some of that is like uh, reaping the financial benefits from it. That's we all want that. There's a difference between understanding that you do need money and understanding um, the value of money, and then just letting run, letting money run you. You know what I mean? And doing anything for a dollar. You know, there, there's a big difference in that. And so I understand the, the value of money. I understand that we need it to in order to survive in this world. And so I already knew I don't have to be making billions and billions of dollars to say, yeah, I made it. I don't need to be making hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to say, yeah, I made it. I can be comfortable. You know, I don't know exactly what the dollar amount cap is for me for it, but I do know it when I see it. You know, I, I know that I don't have to be bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars a year to to feel good about myself, to feel good about the job that I'm doing. But it's one of those things, it's hard to say, I'm saying that now because I haven't experienced that, but then I just know in my gut as much as i value money and understand it i just don't need it like that so I, when i think about you know your billionaires how much is enough how much is enough it's like a double-edged sword it's like once you get there you don't just turn around and say oh, i'm done I'm done with this, I'm, I'm just backtracking, I'm gonna just settle for a million a year. I mean, so I know it's a double-edged sword, but you know, you had to make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions before you got to that billion. So during that span, either that was not enough or you wanted more, or even worse, and we haven't touched on this yet. What if it's never enough? And that right there is my fear. What if it's never enough? What if the house I live in is never enough? What if I build my dream home and then I realize that, mm, that's not enough? What if I do have 10 cars in my garage and I look at my garage and say, mm, that's not enough? What, what if I look at my bank account And there's $20 million sitting in it. And I say, that's not enough. That's the scary thing to me. Is it never being enough? Now, I don't know what you guys may fear, but I am interested to hear what you have to say about this. I am very interested to hear about what you have to say about the fears that you may have or how you put a limit to yourself or how you limited things or how you came to the understanding of how much is too much and how big is too big. Please remember to write in. Email me, blindlessvision at gmail.com or if you have the anchor app downloaded you can send a direct message to me like i said this episode is a little different because i'm truly questioning i don't i don't know i don't know i'm trying to figure that out right now how much is too much but i think one thing is this I do think that we have to set our boundaries and we have to know how much is too much. We have to understand what our goals are, what we're trying to do, and what we would do to accomplish those goals. Setting boundaries in every way. So I'll stick with the financial. You know, I, was, I would work with clients, and I was making uh, pretty, pretty good money an hour to work with these clients, you know. Some clients are easy to work with. They're motivated. Some cli- clients are difficult to work with, uh, but you're still happy to go there, and um, you're still learning off of each other, and you know eventually you're going to get to that point. Some of the clients, they just weren't motivated at all. They didn't care and uh, they told you they didn't care. But you know what? Sometimes you could still work with them and you were still motivated to do it. And then there was a, there were the special clients that just really didn't care. And they told you they didn't care and they duck and dodge you. And then so you're spending all this time and you've, you realize you spent five hours chasing them down to not even see them for 30 minutes. Those became tiresome. And I remember a few times working with you know, a few of my colleagues and they say, hey, Mike, come with me to go see this client, this difficult client. I say, no. They say, well, you're getting paid good money to see it. It's just an hour. And I looked them in the eyes and said, not all money is good money. Not all money is good money. And the reason why I say that is because I value my time over money. So if my time that I'm spending, I feel like it's being wasted, I'm probably not going to do it. Because here's how I am. If I feel like my time is not wasted, I work for free. I don't care so much about the money like that. If I feel like we're being productive, I, I would do it for free. And that's no lie. But, man, if I feel like I could be elsewhere spending my time in a more productive manner, well, that's what I'm going to do because not all money is good money. I'm not driven by that. I'm driven by time. I've had time taken away. I don't like time being taken away. I don't like wasting time. I don't like looking back and saying, man, I should have done something differently. I wasted all that time doing this. I don't like it. But once again, I encourage you guys to write in. Tell me how you have set your limits. What are your boundaries? How did you come across this? What, how much is too much for you? How how much is too big for you? With that being said, guys, I, uh, want to jump right into our freshwater moment. And, uh, I told you a little bit about my background, my work history briefly. And, you know, the more we, we talk and the more we get to know each other, the more we're going to start to learn about each other. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. So I talked about my work experience a little bit this time because the freshwater moment comes from a client that I worked with. He was at the age of 14 in a shelter, right? When I first met him and, uh, he was just a handful. He was uh, just, who He was always ready to fight, ready to attack. You know, one minute he's happy, one minute he wants to tear up the place, or maybe he's getting in a fight. I mean, he was just strong-willed kid. He was a strong-willed kid. And uh, we had a lot of a lot of battles, <laughs> a lot of battles. But some for some reason, um, we always crossed paths. So he went out of town for a little bit, and then he came back. And then he, um, um, when he came back, he came back to the other shelter that I was working at at the time. And so I ran into him again. And then after that, he left that shelter. And then I started another job doing, uh, just going into family's homes and, and working with them there. Guess who my first client was? It was this kid. So fast forward to now, he's now 21. 21. And so it's been a seven-year grind that I've known him and his family. And, um, you know, it, it's just beautiful how this relationship has has started. You know, when when his grandma died, his mom uh, called upon me and then the other people that worked with them to be a support for them. You know, and I thought that was awesome. And, you know, I'm— I gladly said yes. Even though it's difficult difficult for me, I gladly said yes because I mean, what am I gonna say? No. At this point, this 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 kid needed me. So with that being said, he's 21 now. And he was in and out of jail these last few years and in and out of homeless shelters these last few years. And then finally, finally, um, I get a text message from his mom, and his mom asks if I can meet them for lunch. And we have lunch, and, you know, the good thing is, is that he is going off the job core. He's He's interested in welding. And it was just such a victory for us because you know we under the grind has just been so up and down with him, and we weren't sure what was gonna happen with him. We just knew that we didn't want him to go down the path of of where he was headed, you know in and out of jail um you know the the shelters and whatnot, you know being violent, all that good stuff. We didn't want that for him and so to hear that he's going off the job corps. To better himself, and it'll be eighteen months that he can spend getting to know other people and and um, just doing something that he can do that makes him productive, something that he can feel good about. That that makes me feel good, and I just want to say this to you guys: I don't know what you're going through. I don't know who is in your life that may be going through something that is maybe they're leaning on you for something. But if if someone is leaning on you and if someone is seeking you for help, we have to remember, please, please remember that it is a process. We just have to be there to support and we have to be there to be honest. We have to ride it out through the ups and downs. I like to say we have to stand in that fire with them. We have to be the strong ones for them, even when we're getting called names, even when odds are against us, because the situations like this that reminds us, these changes in our behaviors, these lifestyle changes are not always easy. We're not always going to see the fruits, and we definitely, more than likely, won't see them right away. So please, if you're in that grind right, right now, if you're in that fire with someone right now, please stay strong. Do not forget that it is a process. And if we stay consistent, if we can, if we stay honest, if we stay in that fire with them, eventually, eventually things will turn out good. I wholeheartedly believe that. And even if it doesn't turn out good, you can walk away saying, I did my part and I know, I know I did what I could. And there's no shame in that. See, sometimes we get into these, these situations and we think, well, you know what? I have told this person over and over. I've told him twice. I told him twice not to do drugs. I told her twice not to stay with this this man. I told him to leave this girl twice and they didn't listen and so I don't care. But we're on the outside looking in. See, we're not deep in it like they are. It's not always easy and the process is not ever fast. It's rarely fast. And you know what? If we grind it out, though, this was a seven-year process with this kid. Seven years. Seven years. And were there times where I was like, man, forget you? Yeah. Were there times where I was laughing with him? Yeah. Were there times when I had to tell him, honestly, hey, man, you're wrong? Were there times I had to tell him, hey, I don't know who you talk to like this, but you're not going to be cussing at me and threatening me and saying you're going to beat me up. If you want this relationship to work, there's just some things that just can't be done. There's some boundaries that I can't cross and you can't cross. Was it a headache at times? Yes. Was it joyful at times? Yes. But when you do it, when you do this job and you work with people, and you're just purely trying to just offer solid perspective, you're going to be all right. So I just, once again, I know I went on a little rant, and I apologize for that, but you know what? Please, if you were in the middle of standing in the fire with someone, ride it out. Ride it out. They need you. We need each other. So I just want to thank you guys for your time and patience. And I encourage you all to be the freshwater that heals and remember that we're in the business of healing and not hurting until we meet again, friends.